Last week we ended uh, by talking about how God made the covenant with Abraham by walking through the animal sacrifices. I think that was in Genesis chapter, we don't have to turn that, Genesis chapter 15. When God instructed Abraham to kill those animals and cut them in half, and then he himself came down and walked between those sacrifices. And uh, that is when he initiated his covenant with Abraham and the nation of Israel. In Genesis chapter 17, which we didn't touch on this, but I just want to make reference to it. God told Abraham, he says, as for me, my covenant is with you. He made that point, and I, I want to talk about that just for a minute, because he was letting Abraham know that as far as he was concerned, he's in covenant relationship with him. And he's going to back up every promise in that covenant. But it was up to Abraham, though, to believe it. As, as powerful as that covenant was, none of those promises would automatically come to pass unless Abraham actually believed what God was telling him in the covenant. So that's why he says, as for me, I'm good with it. I'm wondering about you, Abraham, or do you believe, are you going to walk in the benefits of this covenant? Because the covenant was not made for God, it was made for man to experience uh, the blessings of God. God, how many of y'all know God's already blessed? (laughs) We're the ones that need the blessing, amen? We're the ones that need uh, the empowerment of God in our lives to experience God on the level that he wants us to experience him. And we've been finding out through this teaching that the way that God, we experience God is through this covenant. Uh, A lot of times we're trying to experience God in other ways, but God says, this is the way that I'm going to bless your life through this legal document. And through your knowledge of that legal document, I will release my divine favor. I'll release my power. I'll release all the healing that you need. Anything that you'll ever need in this natural life, God says, I will, I will supply it through the covenant. Like I say, a lot of times people are trying to receive from God outside of this. And there's, there's not a guarantee that you're going to receive from God outside of the word. Sometimes God will move out of mercy. And he'll just show up even when we're not having our eyes upon the word. He'll just show up. How many of y'all know that's, that's the mercy of God? But when, when, when you approach God with a covenant understanding of your legal rights, you can be sure that you're going to receive everything that, this, that, that the word promises. Because you've approached him the way that you're supposed to in faith, faith in his word. Amen. God, the Bible says he's lifted his word even above his name, above all of his name. 
And so as we study this covenant, it's just one of those things that causes me to want to just really get a greater understanding of this because I know that I know that I know that this covenant cannot fail unless I mess it up. So Psalms 105, let's go there. Verse 6. And the first rule of really walking in the covenant in victory is identifying ourselves as covenant partners with God. And it says here in verse 6, O you seed of Abraham. Now we've established through the first three teachings that we are the seed of Abraham. So when God is talking here in verse 6, he's talking to us as well as the nation of Israel, the church. He's talking to the church. We have been grafted in to all the blessings and the power of this covenant. Everything you'll ever need has already been done for you and me through faith in this. So as he speaks to Abraham, you got to know, Brother Mike, he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you, Catherine. He's speaking to you tonight. Whatever your covenant need may be, he's letting you know that I got it and you can receive it if you'll adhere to the faith principles that are found in the Word of God, just like Abraham did. So he says, oh, you seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen. So we've established that, that we are the seed of Abraham. Somebody say amen to that. With that understanding, I want to go to Galatians chapter 3. Can we get that? Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. Amen. There it is. And if you be Christ, how many of y'all belong to Jesus? Okay. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So everything that Abraham experienced in his covenant walk with God, we have access to that same inheritance. Last week we talked about how God delivered Abraham in war, with wartime covenant blessings when he delivered Lot from the captivity that he was in. And we saw that God made Abraham... Not just rich, but very rich in silver and in gold. Well, if that was true for Abraham, well, then that should be true for me. Somebody said, well, I don't need silver and gold. Well, you need some money. You need some finances. You, you need your needs to be met. Not just so your needs can be met so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. So that, that, that's a covenant promise that you need to 
grab hold to and say that belongs to you. Don't get too religious with me and start saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't need money. Yeah, you do. You, you, you need to pay that mortgage. You need to pay that water bill, that light bill, that, that car note. You need money to live in this world. And God has given us a covenant that promises that he'll meet our needs in abundance according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, as we go through this, uh, these next few verses, I want you to understand that God wants to bless you to the same degree that he blessed the original seeds of Abraham in terms of the Jews. He wants you and I to walk in that blessing, but he wants us to walk in it in an amplified manner, greater than what they experienced, because we have the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to Psalms 105. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching this same, simultaneously, I'm teaching this same teaching at the, at the, the reserve in Pasadena where I work. I teach Bible study to the elderly. And I'm talking to them about covenant. Some of them have not heard these type of things before. And you should see their eyes when you get to talking about how God wants to bless them and how he's already blessed them and how he's already healed them. And they're amazed. I didn't know all of that was in the Bible. And they're amazed at, at the blessing that's available to the believer. So let's look at verse 7 of Psalms 105. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. So this covenant is meant to impact the entire world. Now, the problem with, with the covenant, though, is that most of the world is not even experiencing this. Because most of the world are not even born again. So we are the examples. We're the light that is supposed to shine to let others know that this covenant blessing that we're walking in is available to anyone who will put their faith in Christ. So his judgments are in all the earth. Verse 8. He had remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. So this is not, this covenant that God's talking about is not a, one of those things where God says, well, it's okay if you don't walk in it. He says, I've commanded you to walk in it. I've commanded my people to experience the covenant blessings of Abraham. You know, the only time you really see God get upset is when his people fail to believe him. When they fail to trust in what he said in terms of his ability and willingness to bless them. That's the only time God, God really gets upset with his covenant people. He said, my people are destroyed because of what they don't know. Because of a lack of knowledge. They're being literally destroyed, taken advantage of by the devil. 
And so that upsets God when his, when his people don't reach out by faith and believe and experience all the blood covenant blessings that Jesus died on the cross that we could walk in. So he says, this blessing or this covenant is for a thousand generations. It's forever, basically. He said, this blessing, this covenant is an everlasting covenant. It's not to end. It's to be experienced by everyone that comes in covenant relationship with God forever. The moment you got born again, God has an, had an expectation that you would walk in the power of this covenant to the uptenth up degree. He wanted you to experience it over and above anything your natural mind can comprehend. Now he says here in verse, uh, verse 9, again, this is for a thousand generations. So you're included in that. I'm included in that thousand generations. It's supposed to impact my life. It's supposed to impact my body. It's supposed to impact my family. It's supposed to impact everything about my life. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. So it was, it's perpetual. We see it there. It went from Abraham to Isaac and verse 10 says, and confirmed the same unto Jacob. So all three of those patriarchs were supposed to experience the same blessing that Abraham experienced. Same holds true. They were the seed of Abraham. Same holds true with you, Mike, Pastor Mike. He wants you to experience that in your generation. Not watered down in any way. But the full impact of it, just like he meant for Abraham and his seed to do. He confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law. And to Israel, for there's, there's that word again, an everlasting covenant. So if he, if he healed those Old Testament saints through covenant blessing, how many of y'all know he'll heal his New Testament saints the same way? Because it's an everlasting covenant. I like to hold on to words like everlasting. That means it's, it's, it's unending. God's willing to extend this Blessing forever. Saying, verse 11 saying, saying unto thee, this was the promise to Israel, I will give the land of Canaan and the lot of your inheritance. Glory to God. When they were but a few men in number, verse 12, yea, very few, and strangers in it. My God. When they went from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another. So they went from nation to nation, dominant. Never experiencing defeat as long as they were walking in the dictates of the covenant. As long as they were obedient to God, they were a literal whirlwind. They never were, were able, they were never able to ever able to experience defeat because of this covenant. Same holds true with you. Your giants, your enemies, they are there 
We don't pretend that they're not there. They are there, but they are not ever meant to defeat you because God is on your side. Some of y'all been walking through some fire lately. But God wants you to know that that fire will not consume you. No. It cannot consume you because you are in covenant relationship with the living God. And he has covenant and promised you, listen to me now, that no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. As long as you believe it and trust it. Verse 14. And he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes. The principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world that's coming against you and I in in our generation, they are no match for us through covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. They cannot take us down when we recognize what we have in Christ. And what's been given to us by way of the new birth, by way of the power of the Holy Ghost. Our portion is victory after victory after victory. Not saying you won't have battles. We're going to have battles. We're going to have challenges. We're going to be challenged in this world. But when we recognize that victory is ours even before we go into the battle we begin to experience the blessing. Fear is the only thing that hinders us or a lack of understanding of what belongs to us by way of this covenant. Verse 14 again. He suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, this is what God says about you, in the spirit. This is what God is saying about those demon powers that's coming against your mind, that's coming against your body, that's coming against your family. Touch not mine anointed. Don't you put your hands on my anointed. Now, most believers, a lot of believers don't even know that they're anointed. <laughs> so they don't, they don't understand that God is talking about them. Well, he was talking about David, and he was talking about Solomon, and he was talking about Samuel and all. No, he's talking about you tonight. He says, don't you touch my anointed. Don't you dare put that wicked disease upon my people. And we found out in past teaching that that yoke of sickness, it does not fit no more. It doesn't fit. Oh, he'll try, he'll try to put it on you. He's a, he's a thief and a liar and a con man, he'll try to put it on you, but it does not fit you anymore. That yoke has been destroyed. Literally destroyed by the anointing that's on, upon your life and that dwells within you. That's part of the covenant. You got the anointed one and the anointing of God. The burden removing, yoke destroying power of God dwells within you tonight. But you got to release it. You got to learn how to release it. How do you release it? You release it by speaking it, speaking the word. <laughs> by speaking words of the covenant. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. 
being made a curse for me. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles by faith. That's the kind of stuff that needs to come out of your mouth when you are under attack. That's the, that's the kind of thing that needs, you need to begin to speak out of your mouth as a sword of the Spirit. Because that's what the word is. That's what this covenant is. It's the sword of the spirit. It does great damage. It's nuclear, hallelujah, in the spirit. And the devil knows it. He knows it. He just doesn't want us to know it. Let's jump down to verse 37. This is mighty, mighty fine right here. He brought them forth also... With silver and gold. There it is again. Well, you greedy. No, I'm not greedy. I just want what's mine. If he said I can have it, I want it. I don't want anything he didn't say I could have, but I want everything he said I could have. Israel came out of 430 years of bondage with all the trappings and the blessings and the riches of Egypt. How many of y'all know that was God's idea? That wasn't their idea. That was God's idea. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Came out rich and healed. Totally healthy. Not, not one of those people came out of bondage with any type of burden of sickness or weakness. How many of y'all know that's a covenant blessing? That's what God wants his church to experience. Somebody said, well, that's impossible. No, it's possible because God said it is. Our expectations have been so watered down because of, I don't know, I guess false teaching or whatever. But... When I open the book, when I open the covenant, all I see is God saying what's, what's possible to those who believe. And these Old Testament, old, old covenant saints came out of Egyptian bondage, blessed and healed. Well, once you come out of the world and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... All the riches of the kingdom of God are now yours. And we, and we found out why. Because all of the riches and the inheritance, Jesus Christ possesses it. We found that out, right? That Jesus possesses the, it's his inheritance. But the Bible says, I'm a joint heir with him. Somebody ought to get happy about this. Just not just, somebody needs to get happy about that. Because this is the key to unlocking the, the thing that you've been asking God for. And understanding that the blessings belong to Jesus and you get to enjoy them also. Because of mercy and because of grace. Now let's look at uh, verse 42 of that same chapter. For he remembered his holy promise 
and Abraham his servant. Well, see, that holds true with you and I. God, rem- God does not forget what he said in terms of what he wanted to do to, in terms of blessing his covenant people. He hasn't forgot about any of that. When he spoke that to Abraham, that's just like yesterday to him. You know that? It's just like when God spoke that promise to Abraham, it's just like he was just speaking it yesterday. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to God. So it's fresh in God's mind. The covenant is fresh in his mind. What happens a lot of times, our minds have become dull to this. And we don't experience it even though God, it's God's will, willingness to, to bless us this way. We don't experience it because we're not really... Uh, Believe in it like we should. You're in a good place tonight because what's happening, as we're talking about this, our minds are, are, are being renewed. Our minds are being renewed and we're being transformed because of truth, because truth is coming through. Jesus said, you'll know this and this will make you free. The truth will make you free. We serve a supernatural God. Amen. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Let's look at verse 6 of chapter 7. Now again, Cheryl, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. He wants you to understand that this is your portion in him. He says, For thou art a, a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord thy God had chosen thee to be what? A special people. <laughs> oh, Unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now he's talking covenant. He's talking about those who are in covenant relationship with him. God loves everybody in the world. Everybody. For God so loved the world, right? He loves everybody. But he cannot bless everybody because everybody is not in covenant with him. Okay? God calls his covenant people special. Yeah. He says, my covenant people are special because I sponsor them through life. I back them up by way of this legal document. And they can be blessed above all the people upon the earth. I remember when, uh, back in 1990, around that time, I was working at St. Luke Hospital and I was in the world, man. You know, (laughs) I didn't have much going on for me at all. And I had been working on that job for a long time. And uh, this new cook came into our department. And uh, 
he began to become very, well, he had, he had favor. He was promoted almost instantly. And I was like, I've been there for years and had not been promoted. <laughs> and I was like, I was in the world, so I looked at him. I said, well, what's so special about him? And I went up to him and asked him. I said, man, what's going on? How, how you walk in the door and uh, you already making more money than me? That's what, that's what it boiled down to, right? And so... <laughs> He looked at me, and I, you know, I knew him because we grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, he was older than me, about five, six years older than me, but I knew his past. But I hadn't been in contact with him for years. And uh, he looked me in the eye, he said, Roy, the reason that that happened is because I'm a Christian, just like that. I said, really? He said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And... Uh, that's why I was able to come in here and have this kind of favor. Uh, walked away, didn't know what to say. All I knew was that I saw how, how he was blessed, and I wasn't. And I wanted to be blessed like that. But look, time went by. In 1991, I eventually gave my life to the Lord, and God used that brother. Really, he really used him. Cheryl knows who I'm talking about, too. Brother Alvin, he just passed away Saturday. Went home to be with the Lord. And uh, he impacted my life. God used him to impact my life in terms of how divine favor is real. Because when I got, became a Christian, I started experiencing it. <laughs> I really started experiencing the blessings. I started experiencing some trials and, and difficulty too, but I, was, I, was, I experienced the blessings that came into my life. And I began to understand that God's people really are special in his eyes through this covenant or because of this covenant. And... Uh, the way God blessed Old Testament Israel is the same way, like I say, he wants to bless the church because in, in the book of Malachi, the Bible says, I am the Lord and I change not. He doesn't change. So that's good news. If you're struggling in whatever area of your life, if you can find the promise of blessing in the Old Covenant, you can experience that in the New Covenant through Jesus Christ. Let's see. Let's look at verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than, than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep his oath, which he had sworn unto your fathers. Again, he's talking to Israel. He's talking to Abraham's seed. They have come out of Egypt, and God is educating them concerning the covenant, letting them know that the reason that they're blessed is because of the oath that God, God swore to Abraham. Hath the Lord brought you out, of the, out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of, of the bondman, 
from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is a type of the devil, all right? That's how you got to view that. He's a type of the devil, the devil that held us in bondage. That same devil that held us in bondage, we have been redeemed from everything that he had power over us. He had the power to keep us sick. He had the power to keep us living in poverty. He had the power to keep us living in fear. At that time, he did. When we were strangers to this covenant. But we're no longer strangers to this covenant. Once our eyes become open to the freedom that's in Christ, we should walk free of all the things that held us in bondage before. He says in verse 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Again, obedience, without obedience, we really won't experience the blessings though. It's important to, to, to make that, to clarify that, because a lot of times people are trying to figure out why the blessings are not manifesting in their lives. And, and, and a lot of times the reason why is because they're living a raggedy Christian life. They're doing things that are not pleasing to the Lord. And God gives us time to, to get cleaned up. He gives us time to get sanctified and start walking in line, but uh, God's a good God. He's not going to bless us when we're walking in disobedience. It's just not going to happen. But once you make a decision to serve God, like I said, we're going to make mistakes, but to serve God with a pure heart, that's when the blessings start manifesting. If they obey and serve Him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Job 36 and 11. So I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. You have to walk in a level of obedience to experience the blessings. Okay? So I'm going to read that, that verse again. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. So God is faithful. If there's a disconnect, it's, it's me. I'm the one causing the disconnect because God is faithful. Which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments, what, to a thousand generations. So the scripture constantly reminding us that this is an everlasting covenant. It, it should not be interrupted. The blessings should not be interrupted. It's not God's will that the blessings be interrupted. Only time Israel experienced defeat is when they got out of obedience and got into disobedience. As long as they were walking in obedience, like I say, they was a whirlwind. They just walk in and, def and defeat every enemy every single time. It was amazing. Verse 10. And repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes. And the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. How many of you, the Bible say to obey is better than sacrifice? Amen. Wherefore it shall come to pass if you hearken or if you listen to these judgments and keep them and do them. That the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant 
and the mercy which he swore unto thy father, your fathers. So every blessing that Abraham experienced, God is telling Abraham's seed that I will, you, you'll walk in those blessings also as long as you walk in obedience. Because he swore it to Abraham, he's swearing it to you. He's swearing it to you tonight through Jesus Christ. Amen? And he will love you and bless you, empower you to prosper. That's what that word blessing means. He empowers us to prosper and succeed in life and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your corn, your wine, your oil. That's all talking about Holy Ghost power. Amen. I said amen. Let's talk about Holy Ghost power. We, we, got, we got the blessing of the power of the Holy Ghost in our life in this new covenant. And the flocks of your sheep and the land which he swear unto your fathers to give you. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. Amen. You got a blessing upon you because of covenant relationship with God above all people. Like I say, the child of God should be blessed. He should be experiencing the blessings of this covenant. Suffering also. We, we're going to experience some suffering too. We're going to experience some, some, some pushback. But we, we will overcome every single one of them. I remember last uh, November when uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I was like, that came out of the blue. I wasn't ready for that one. But God told me, first thing he told me is don't fear. Don't get into fear. Then he said, I want you to rest in what I've already done through the covenant. I want you to believe the promises. You've been talking about the promises all these years. I've been saved, like I say, since 1991. And when I got saved, I got hooked up with Holy, Holy Ghost folk. I began to study people like Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, all those guys who uh, talk faith. I had been feeding on faith for years and years and years. And this was my first real challenge with uh, a major sickness. And God told me, always bring to remembrance those things that I have taught you over the years concerning deliverance from disease, sickness and disease. And that's what I did. I my wife, she, she helped me. She was right there with me. And we, uh, you know, we went to the doctors or whatever. But I was supernaturally, long story short, I was supernaturally healed. Supernaturally healed because of the word of God. Because I'm in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. So this covenant is personal with me. I know that it works. He says in verse 14, Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or, or female barren among you or among your cattle. Verse 15. And the Lord will take away from you some sickness. Doesn't say that. All sickness. See, that's, that's the kind of stuff we need to focus on. When we're reading our Bible, when we're reading the covenant, God said, all, I will take away from you all sickness. Every sickness that is named, he says, I will deliver you from. Jesus bore it all on the cross. Every known sickness, 
and every unknown sickness. He bore it all on the cross. Therefore, through covenant relationship, I ought to be delivered from whatever the devil tries to put upon me. According to the word of God. Now this was old covenant. And the Bible says, we're going to find this out. The Bible says the old covenant is inferior to the new covenant. Because the new covenant is established upon better promises than what Abraham experienced in his day. And what Old Testament Israel experienced in their day. The Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon you, but will lay them upon all them that hate you. So, he made them rich, brought them out healthy. All while they were in Egypt, though, and I'm getting ready to close, all while they were in Egypt for those 430 years, I wonder why they got sick. If they had a covenant with God through Abraham during those 430 years, what happened? Because they was experiencing the, the, the diseases of Egypt during that time. I believe, and I don't have no scripture for this, but, but I believe that Israel, once they got in there, because the Bible says uh, there arose a king who didn't know Joseph, right? But I also believe that the promises of God could have overcame that. I think what happened when Israel got in there, they adopted, they started adopting the culture of Egypt. I really believe that. Because God is faithful. The word just says he's faithful. And I believe that they started, they lost sight of some of the promises that Abraham told them about. That Isaac told them about. That Jacob told them about. They lost sight of it. Somewhere along the line, they, there was a disconnect from this covenant. And uh, when they came out of Egypt, first thing God did was he restored the blessings of that covenant. Because apparently they weren't walking in it. Even, even uh, when, when Jesus showed up on the earth. Israel was an occupied territory. The Roman soldiers, Rome had uh, dominion over Israel. And uh, the blessings of health, and covenant wealth were far from them. They were some of the sickest and brokest people in the face of the earth at that time because they were living in bondage. And I believe, it, again, it was because they had got off into disobedience and had forgotten who they were and that they were special people. They had become religious in their thinking and the power of the covenant was no longer manifesting in their life because they were thinking naturally. How many of y'all know God didn't get us born again to begin to think naturally? He wants us to think supernaturally. He wants us to become people who think covenant, who develop a, a sort of thinking, the mind of Christ, and an understanding that God wants his people on top. I'm going to say that again. God wants his people on top. For whatever reason, like I say, Christians have a hard time kind of believing that and grabbing hold of that. But that's, that's the Bible. 
Everything that we read tonight so far is letting us know that God expects his people to come in covenant relationship with him and, be, and begin to walk in these promises and begin to walk in freedom from the yoke of sin and of bondage. He's serious about it. And we have, we have to walk, we ought to make up our mind that we, if don't no other church walk in it, we're going to be the ones who walk in it. We're just going to do it. Because his favor is resting upon us, Pastor Angela is teaching these type of things. Every Sunday she's teaching these type of things. Y'all got teachers on Sunday morning who's teaching y'all these type of things. These are the things that we need to grab hold to like bulldogs and hold on to it. And not let go. Don't let nobody talk you out of what belongs to you. Because it's been blood bought. Every promise has been blood bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you tonight for the blood of Jesus Christ. It is he who has enabled us to experience all of your goodness. We look to him and only to him has our righteousness and has our strength. King, Savior, we worship you tonight. We thank you tonight that all that belongs to you belongs to us through this covenant. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will take of his and show it to us. You'll take of everything that belongs to Jesus and you will show it to us. That is your ministry to us. And we worship you tonight. We thank you tonight. We honor you tonight. And we recognize that it's not by might nor by our power, but it's by thy spirit, O oh God, that all of these things belong to us. And we thank you for it, for the reality of the holy of holies and our place there at the right hand of God with Jesus Christ, seated high above all principality and power and might and dominion. We take our place as blood covenant believers. And we thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. You're so good to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.